Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Front Porch Political Talk Show with your host, Hatton Humphrey bringing you thoughtful comments on the news of the day, as well as lessons from the past and insights into things to come. We offer our comments and invite you to add your own. Good evening, everyone. It is Sunday, December 18th, 2016. This is the Front Porch Political Talk Show. My name is Hatton Humphrey, and I thank everyone for listening in. Our show's producer talks you, which provides two ways to be a part of the call. You can dial in area code 724-444-7444. Talkcast ID is 75570. You can also join us on the web-based text chat at talkshoe.com slash TC slash 75570. Um... And uh, you can also listen live in Second Life at the uh, at Shoreman's Cave uh, at Cheerport, uh, which is a virtual airport in that uh, in that virtual world. So, uh, for information on participating, go to the website at frontporchtalk.net, um, and there's a uh, participating button. Uh, there's also all of the past ninety episodes, uh, links to all of the articles that we have talked about, as well as articles that we're going to talk about in this episode. Uh, click on show notes for that, uh, as well as um, all the podcasts. Like I said, the past ninety episodes of this show and all of the episodes of the East Coast Conservative Podcast are also there as well. Uh, if you are listening on Red State Talk Radio on Lanterns Buzz on uh, Stitcher.com, iTunes, your favorite podcast player, uh, or whatever listening method you might be uh, be hearing my voice for by, if you want to send comments, send them via email to conservativepodcast at gmail.com. You can also go to our Facebook page, uh, facebook.com slash front porch political talk. Uh, been having some fun there. Uh, <clears throat> Didn't do didn't do a new video this last week, but uh, definitely plan on on touching on some things uh, during the drive, depending on the items that we do or don't get to uh, during the show. So you can jump in uh, in the conversation there. Now uh, we we're, we're getting back into the swing of things. Um, you know, the election is done. Uh, although a lot of folks are waiting with bated breath on what's going to happen at the Electoral College tomorrow. Um, there may be some noise. There has been in the past. I doubt it's going to – I don't think anybody thinks it's actually going to change the outcome. Um, but it, all that being said, it seems like people are looking for scapegoats and excuses. And that is the subject of tonight's show. Um, whether it be how Trump won, how Clinton lost, who did who, who did what, and who's responsible for that or this or the the other thing, um, nobody is willing to take personal responsibility for the actions that led up to needing a scapegoat or an excuse. 
And, and honestly, b- before I get into the opening article, I will say, and I said it kind of in the show notes here, that's one of the reasons that we've had a large anti-incumbent movement, the the groundswell of they can't even answer a is the sky blue question with a simple yes, no. Uh, <laughs> it depends on what the definition of the word is, is. Um, yes, I went there. Because we are going getting back to opening with a fun, funnier, heartwarming story. Tonight's is funny, kind of, but it is also in line with the subject matter. Uh, Warner Brothers and DC Entertainment sponsored a year-long campaign by the UN and its children's agency, UNICEF, for gender equality and women's empowerment. Uh, DC Entertainment, which publishes DC Comics, said Wonder Woman brought exposure to the UN's goal of achieving gender equality by 2030, as well as elevating the global conversation around the empowerment of women and girls. Wonder Woman stands for peace, justice, and equality, and for 75 years she has been a motivating force for many and will continue to be long after the conclusion of the UN Honorary Ambassadorship said Courtney Simmons, a spokesperson for the company. We can all guess where this ended up. Um, That honorary ambassadorship is concluded abruptly and prematurely due to the realization that Wonder Woman is, according to some, totally unsuitable, unsuitable for the position. The choice of the white, curvaceous, and scantily clad superhero attracted heavy criticism, Almost 45,000 people signing an online petition calling for UN Secretary General Ban Ki-moon to drop the character and dozens of UN employees protested at the UN headquarters on the day of the appointment. You know, do they do anything else? I don't even know. They don't don't ever do anything worthwhile or serious. You know, so... Good. Let them let them worry about this. I'm sure it didn't offend Wonder Woman. <laughs> no, but it, it just she's uh, a superhero for heaven's sake. I know, I know, but it, it it's still it's it's kind of maddening when you get. <clears throat> it wasn't that you know it, 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 she was dropped because she was busty. She was dropped because she's white. Okay, it, it, it. I guess maybe we should make her a stick. You know what? I've got the perfect, the perfect replacement for Wonder Woman for the UN ambassador to UNICEF for women's empowerment. And that is the character from Ed, Ed, and Eddie called Plank which was something that one of the characters carried around and it was a and it was a 1 by 4 with a smiley face drawn on it. I'm sorry. Who's the who's the who's the guy who's got the muslin puppet? Mm. Donahue? No, 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 no. You're thinking of uh, Jeff Dunham. Dunham. Jeff I Dunham. Mean, it's, it, Dunham's got characters that sound like that. Yeah, yeah, but here's He's got a chili pepper on a stick. It's a jalapeno. Yeah, who's green? One of many types of who, who has a green? Chili. Who has a green card in his other stick? Um, <laughs> but you know, yeah, 
And actually, the funniest thing, uh, because I, it, I, I put on I put on Pandora to kind of keep my brain distracted while I'm trying while I'm focusing. Kind of an odd thing, but it works for me. And I have com- uh, comedians that come up, and one of them is uh, Gabriel Iglesias, who talks about his trip to Saudi Arabia and how he is the number two favorite comic in Saudi Arabia. And number one is Jeff Dunham. They actually find they actually find Ahmed the dead terrorist absolutely hilarious in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. But the fact that they find him hilarious I guess that says something good about the Saudis. There's hope for them. That Yeah. <laughs> Mandy's Mandy's doing Ahmed's accent his signature line line. actually the funny actually what's interesting is is i remember watching um uh, i'm sorry um i remember watching one of jeff dunham's specials and he did the he did the international tour and he went all throughout the middle east do you know the only place that he could not actually call ahmed ahmed the dead terrorist was in malaysia Malaysia was the only country that the, whose whose social police told him that he could not have Ahmed the Dead terrorist on the stage, and so he put a French beret and a fake mustache on Ahmed and brought him out and did a and did just a same per, same voice, same attitude, different jokes, but everywhere else he was able to bring out Ahmed. Yeah. including in Yemen. Well, you know, let's let's get back Sorry. to Wonder Woman. Sorry, again, yeah, move on here. Wonder Woman. Uh, the thing that the thing I, that is worthy of our anger in all of this is the United Nations was born with great hope, great ambitions, I mean, uh, a, a noble cause, and with a couple of significant exceptions, the Korean War being one of them. It, it hasn't accomplished any of the things that it was founded for. And now, I mean, it's been a long time since the, the denizens of the United Nations have taken anything serious upon upon their plate. I mean, you, you, you got Iran uh, on the Human Rights Council. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it goes on and on and on, um, and, and I, you got politically correct wackos firing a cartoon character because she's white. It, it just goes on and on. The, the, the United Nations has utterly failed in the causes for which it was founded. And it sh- it, we need a new deck. We should fold the United Nations up. We should send all those phony buggers back and have them pay for their own return air tickets and start over. Well, the the interesting thing, and I'll close this article up, said, although the original creators may have intended Wonder Woman to represent a strong and independent warrior woman with a feminist message, the reality is that the character's current iteration is that of a large-breasted white woman of impossible proportions, the, the petition said. Um, basically, and, and I don't know... You know what? They they should have created their own cartoon character. 
course, then again, all they'd have to do is look in the mirror. <sighs> I'm uh. sorry. <laughs> what they should have done was make Michelle Obama Wonder Woman. Hey, maybe. By doing that, you have a model of um, grace and dignity and hypocrisy. Yeah, but but and the thing is, is that she'd still look she'd still look just as offensive in the in the Wonder Woman outfit as as in any of the other any other character. I mean, you got to remember that cartoon characters aren't drawn to life to realistic proportions. They never have been. You know, you're you're you're, you're trying to ruin me on the. Uh... The doll. Sorry. Yeah, on uh, on Barbie. Actually, they made a life. Barbie. They made a life like Barbie once, and it didn't sell. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm All the sorry. little boys wanted to break into their sisters' bedrooms and play with the dolls. Oh. Uh, yeah. Maybe we should move on. Let's let's move on. <laughs> let's talk about another white guy. Yeah, let's let's talk about a, another white guy who said he was guilty, and surprise, surprise. This this guy actually, I, I how do, how do I say this without sounding like I'm actually coming to his support and or defense or supporting his ideals? Say it. When he was arrested and during the FBI interview, Dylan Roof said, "I'm guilty. I know it. You know it." Yep. So a jury obliged him that. Now he is representing himself in the sentencing phase. And that may well be one of the most ill-advised things I've ever heard. Well, I suspect the answer is quite simple. I have a death wish. Yeah, you may. He may well. He he may well have one. Well, we, I mean, I think I think it's it's more or less been I won't say confirmed, but it's been known since probably day one that well. Like he's been described as suicidal. I think you know, the whole thing may have been a suicide by cop that just took a lot longer than he expected. I think there's some truth in that. I agree with you. Well, here's the ugliness about American, the American Republic. We have a Bill of Rights, and in certain aspects of those Bills of Rights, we have the collateral damage of said freedoms. And this is another example of that. We have a Sixth Amendment right, meaning this monster is able to defend himself and is, is able to have a trial by a jury of his peers. And when the outcome is not what we think it's going to be, or in this case, what it is going to be, he also has an opportunity to say if he will defend his life, because right now on the table is life or death. And the sentencing, the sentencing phase of this trial is going to be very, very ugly because we are dealing with a monster. I don't. That I, I don't. I don't know how it could be. How it could be? I mean, yes, we're we're dealing with someone who decided it was a good idea to go in and shoot up a church, and is has admitted his guilt, and like you said, he's he's got a death wish. Um. Remember, remember the college kid at, at the University of Texas who started shooting people from the bell tower? Yep. He had a death wish. 
and he got it. I mean, that that's kind of become an established diagnosis for situations like this. I thought, and, wasn't, and, that, this, wasn't that the case where they later found, like, in autopsy, they had a brain tumor, or is this someone, was that someone, another case? Well, I mean, it, that's not the point. The point is that he, he decided to act that way because he really wanted to get dead. And whether that was triggered by a brain tumor or something else, you know, it, it, I guess it's not to the point. The, the, the point is that oftentimes these, these people acting out are acting out to end it. And, and the cops had figured that out. And, you know, this phrase, death by cop. That's not. That's a rather new invention, mm-hmm. where they they started putting a name to it. It happens. It happens a lot. Yeah. Now, in the, the interesting. So, so, thing, yeah, I mean, he's he was found guilty. He everybody knew he was going to be found guilty. He left. He he chose to leave a living witness who could identify him. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, there's. There's a lot of evidence there that this is coming down exactly the way he wanted it to come down. Yeah. And I I will say this, um, of the shootings, uh, this one is actually, of the shootings that have happened in recent times, this one is actually coming back up with, um, with the name of the shooter still being said. Now, note what I'm not doing here. You know, some are saying that, you know, they, you're right. They, some are saying that this could be, you know, derived from some mental illness. It's it's definitely a death wish. Um, you know, if 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 the shooter's wish was to be death by cop, um, he could have arranged things a lot differently. Um, you know, I've always heard suicide by cop referred, you know, more to the, you know, long chase scenes and and a standoff at a car not going in and committing a heinous act then leaving you know leaving a glaring arrow pointing at his head um maybe he thought that the cops would kill him before they took him into custody or something i don't know it's it, it, you're oversimplifying it when people build these plans some of them the plan is supposed to be quick and succinct and deterministic. It's like Hitler shooting himself and swallowing cyanide at the same time. Now, on the other end of that spectrum is the person who wants to get all of the notoriety out of his death wish as he can and have it stretch out. He wants to be dead, but he wants to go out with a lot of fanfare. And they're both crazy. I don't think Uh, as much as a suicide wish by cop rather a martyr for the cause. Much like the Oklahoma City bombing, the two perpetrators, they wanted their name known. The same thing with this kid here. He wants his name known as to what he did, so he's going to parade himself around in this trial, and at the end, he's going to get what he wants. Yeah. The... um... The, the thing with this, you know, particular, there's a part of me that doesn't want him sentenced to death. There's a part of me that wants him to be sentenced to consecutive life terms. 
Which is a lot cheaper. Which is a lot cheaper. And then bury him. I mean, not physically, but put him in some prison where nobody knows who he is. Nobody knows what he did. And he do, and all he's going to be is someone's plaything for for the rest of his life. This is this is the cue for toll, I know. Well, I yeah. <laughs> well, I, I agree in the sense that I'm against the death penalty in every case. Uh, I just but see, I I'm don't not. appreciate <laughs> rape jokes, and, and you don't, you don't like jokes about rape in prison. See, and, and that's just it. I'm not against the death penalty. Normally, I'm one that says, as long as there is uncontrovertible proof that the that the person did it, then then the the punishment should fit the crime. But in this case, the notoriety is part of what is 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 part of what what worries me. Yeah, I, I still say I think we're overcomplicating it. Maybe. Toa, can you turn down your speakers a little bit? You're echoing back in. I, how could I, I'm not sure how I could possibly be echoing back in. There is no sound back in. Okay. I, I and I don't have speakers. I have headphones. Okay. I was, I was hearing myself coming back when I was talking, so. And I was hearing myself coming back, too. Yeah. So, um, anyways. Yeah, it, let's talk about the crazy Supreme Court in in uh, Connecticut. Well, and and unfortunately, I forgot that I I linked to an article that requires a membership. So um, this one we're going to have to run without uh, without a lot of material behind it, unless somebody's got some other other details. But the uh, Connecticut Supreme Court has uh, has said they will hear the Sandy Hook lawsuit against gun makers. Um, because the the people the the parents of Sandy Hook or some of them decided that someone had to be to blame uh, for you know their children's deaths, and it was the gun manufacturers, at least partially to blame for making the weapons like this. So now our our our, our I'm I'm not going to get into the the whole. You know, guns don't people people kill people, um, but I, but what I will say is that if a manufacturer of a product, well, let, let me ask this, and, and and Larry, I'll point this to you because you're familiar with manufacturers of products. If someone takes something that a company makes and uses it to willfully commit crime. That that may or may not involve the de- the the cause of loss of life, is the manufacturer of that product normally held liable and culpable? They've got to show negligence that somehow the product was made so carelessly that its misuse for for unintended purposes is extraordinarily easy and obvious that it would become a, 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 an attraction to do it. That, and, and it's nearly impossible. In the old days, it was nearly impossible to prove that. Uh, with the Obama's court that he's built over the past eight years, and uh, frankly, a lot of courts now in states, they're going to eat this up. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm afraid, especially in a place like Connecticut, 
it's going to go up. The Supreme Court's going to allow it. They're going to go back down. They're going to find a gun manufacturer <coughs> guilty. And then five years later, it's going to be back at the U.S. Supreme Court. And, and I don't have any idea how that's going to turn out. Well, and Charlize in Second Life brings up the, um, uh, brings up, you know, if, if, if somebody takes a car and, and slams it into a crowd of people on purpose, puts their foot on the accelerator and slams it into the crowd of people, which has happened in recent times, do they go after the car manufacturer? Well, to sensible people, no. But we're not talking about sensible people here. We're talking about lawyers. Yeah, lawyers specialize in making silk purses out of sow's ears. And the fact that it makes no sense at all the first time they meet with their client is not persuasive. They see dollar signs. And something like Sandy Hook is a lot of dollar signs. Yeah. So, I mean, if I go ahead to follow the money. If yeah. I go ahead tomorrow and take a bunch of pencils, which I have sharpened, and start stabbing people in the neck, then I go after with a pair of scissors and start cutting people up. Will the victims of my exploration sue Ticonderosa and Fizzers? It's the same no, the problem, well, the here's, here's the, the political The political industry has not crucified Ticonderoga or the car manufacturers, but they have been hunting for the gun manufacturers for a couple of generations. And, and, and frankly, the, the, human of the second amendment, they have their own political goals in mind. But if a person decides to kill another person, it doesn't matter what instrument they use. It's the intent in person's heart. The first murder was committed with a rock in which Cain fell on the ground. Are we going to sue the rock manufacturers for this one? Somebody already tried to sue God. It didn't go so, anywhere. But the, that, was the for, point that, is, that was for something, something the else. The point is, you're absolutely right. It's stupid. It makes no sense at all. But, but a large, and powerful, and well-funded group of people has been trying to suppress the, the logical thinking around this issue for a couple of generations. And in fact, it's become sort of easy to talk about the terrible gun manufacturers. It, it's, it's become a, and the almost accepted narrative. It has nothing to do with truth. It has nothing to do with logic. It has to do with a meme or a narrative or a subtle perversion of the facts that has been constructed very carefully over probably two generations to get get guns out of the United States. And why is that? So that the people of the United States no longer have the wherewithal to defend themselves and protect their liberties. Because this is about taking away the liberties guaranteed in the Constitution. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's look, let's look at this as, a, as a, to another angle. The person who planted the sign on Sandy Hook's campus that said it's, this is a gun-free zone, meaning the teachers, the administration, does not have the capability of defending themselves as according to the Second Amendment. That was passed by both state and federal laws. So, therefore, 
the victims of Sandy Hook should actually be suing the local, state, and federal lawmakers who passed these laws, and, and including the lowly civil servant who put the sign in, in the school parking lot in the first place. Don't disagree. Nope. No, and and that's like you said. There's the the Larry. You pointed it out right. The target for these kinds of suits are going to be political hot button issues. Ticonderoga, and you know the the manufacturer of scissors or spoons or even automobiles aren't going to be. If it if it turned out that Ticonderoga, Ticonderoga. The pencil company had been using black slaves somewhere in Kansas to make their pencils. Then maybe they'd get sued. Uh, well, I mean, th- th- even though most of the pencils were not touched by black slaves, uh, it, it would it could become such a celebrated cause that indeed the good sense of it that this isn't the pencil's fault. Would be would be overshadowed, and they would be going after the pencil manufacturer just because they had become convinced that the pencil manufacturer was a bigot and a racist. Right, and it had nothing to do with the misuse of the pencil at all. I mean, the black slaves could have been making perfectly fine pencils, <laughs> but the the, the the point that they don't worry about sequiturs. They, they use non-sequiturs all the time. And, and frankly, we have kind of, as a nation, become weary of yanking them back and saying, that didn't make sense what you just said. You can't connect what you said and then what you said. And by, by the time we get that out of our mouths, they have gone on to a new subject, the next talking point. Mm-hmm. And nobody remembers the rebuttal that, that the people with marbles put out against these arguments. They only right. remember the initial atrocity right and they they they, and 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 the next bag of marbles is being dumped as the the answer to the first is is coming out so let's 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 look back a few bags of marbles um to Uh, this is actually i believe during the during the campaign um when a young muslim woman uh yasmin suid i'm probably pronouncing mispronouncing her name who's 18 said three men had called her a terrorist she had uh, she um, uh, she told the police that the men had told her to get out of the country um, and to take off her hijab, and uh, she said they had tried to tear off her headscarf and that no bystanders had intervened, and that they were wearing Trump hats or Trump you know Trump T-shirts or whatever that they were Trump supporters. This was actually just after the election. Well, it turns out that uh, young Miss Saweed. Uh, lied to the police. Matter of fact, she has now been arrested for making a false report. Um, she's been charged with filing false report and obstructing governmental administration. She re- reportedly later admitted to police she had been out drinking and made up the story as an excuse. Um, officials reportedly got suspicious when they could not find witnesses or any significant video. Then last Friday, the woman was reported missing in a case that was widely reported on U.S. media. She was found one day later. Um, she was arrested on Wednesday and admitted fabricating the story to avoid getting into trouble with her parents. Um, 
She was arraigned in Manhattan Criminal Court, where she appeared without a veil and with her head shaved. Unnamed sources told the New York Daily News her parents had forced her to cut her hair over the incident, which, in my understanding, is a very light punishment um, if they're actually following um, the, the, the religious laws for both giving false witness and for being out unescorted. So she, she needed an excuse. She needed a scapegoat. Trump had just won. So she made up three Trump supporters and said that they had attacked her. It's not the first time that's happened. It won't be the last time that's happened. I will say, as these cases go, it is, at least from my observation, fairly rare that uh, the people making false reports actually get charged with anything. Uh, I suspect the only reason that uh, I suspect that the reason it would be so in this case is because of all the notoriety. Right. She'd gotten a lot. She she had garnered a lot of press. Um, and, Remember Tawana Brawley, the girl who one rubbed fecal matter all over her body and then said it was some white guys did it. And and the good reverend came to her defense and it turned out that she had completely made that up. Mm-hmm. Or let's I mean, let, let, let's think. What was the college where the entire athletic group was basically tossed the, out on their ear? The lacrosse team. The lacrosse team. Well, the Duke Duke case was one of the more famous ones, but that's actually happened a lot later. Well, many many more times that don't necessarily get. There was a, a one I heard about recently. Uh, was it Michigan or possibly Minnesota um, where the football team threatened to go on strike unless because some some of their number had been um, suspended on charges of sexual harassment or something like that uh, despite the fact (laughs) that the police had investigated and determined there was no cause for charges and they were protesting over the fact that the the students were still getting um, uh, punished academically for it, even though there was no evidence, at least none worth charging. And that uh, that particular boycott threat did not last very long. Well, I mean, the the, the joke there was that even though the police decided nobody had done anything prosecutable, that the university, through its, again, I guess, I guess more acute uh, high school, or uh, their more acute powers of investigation, concluded that some of the boys' participation had resulted in non-consensual sex, and in some of the cases, some of the boys, the, the victim had consented. No, is, the one that I'm talking I'm, about is the University of Minnesota. Okay. Well, uh, the story I'm remembering is that it, was, it was like like you said not too long ago that in fact they actually numbered the, 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 <coughs> the boys. Certain ones apparently uh, had gotten her consent, and some of them they couldn't find evidence that they had gotten her consent, and that's why they. Uh, they suspended them. Now, how the hell do you do you sort that out? 
it's 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 like you're guilty if you can't prove yourself innocent unless somebody actually heard you get the consent you claimed you got and in a frat that's that's probably not hard to believe and that they they kind of have something called sports screwing it <laughs> you know it, it it just doesn't make sense that they were able to discern how for whom she said yes and for whom she didn't say yes. So they just said the, the, the ones that they couldn't find proof, uh, couldn't couldn't come up with solid proof that they had obtained consent, they must not have had consent, which is nuts. Well, you have these universities who are looking at prior incidents like the, the Duke lacrosse case or the Rolling Stone article a few years ago and they don't want bad press perpetrated upon the university. So in turn, they're going to use these false flags, and they're going to just say, you know what, it doesn't matter what the law says, it doesn't matter what the police say, we're going to suspend these students because we don't want a bad reputation. And that's what the culture has come down to. You have universities who are trying to protect their own assets instead of dealing with issues of most likely mental illness as to some of their students. Uh, in, in the context of universities, there's also the, the other case of the Fed's involvement in uh, particularly Title IX, where they essentially lowered the standard of proof for um, disciplinary action from anything like our... Uh, basically, it I believe it's now considered preponderance of evidence, which is essentially 51% chance uh, that something happened. And these universities are panicked that basically they have to overreact to everything on the risk that if they're not seen to be overreacting, they'll be assumed to be underreacting and lose funding. Yeah. Yeah. The And, and colleges have done, you know, not, not just on, um, uh, on a number of different levels, different colleges have introduced programs. Um, I think we talked about one of them before, the, the no means no. Um, that and, was California. Yeah, and, you know, there's there's one other. You know what, we'll, we'll go ahead and bring this up since we're on the subject of colleges. And the, the last article on the list um, just briefly mentioned this this one. So, and I think we've talked about this one before, too. Um, students at Oxford University have been told to use the pronoun they rather than he or she to eliminate discrimination against transgender people. Uh, guidance offered in a leaflet by the Students' Union advises against using traditional pronouns, arguing that doing so suggests there are only two genders. Deliberately using the wrong pronoun for a transgendered person is an offense under the Union's Code of Conduct. Peter Tatchell an LGBT rights campaigner has welcomed the move telling mail online that it is a positive thing to not only emphasize gender divisions, to not always emphasize gender divisions and barriers. He said, or should I, should, I'll try to read the article the way they're saying I should. They said, it's a good, it's good to have gender neutral pronouns for those who want them, but it shouldn't be compulsory. 
This issue isn't about being politically correct or censoring anyone. It's about acknowledging the fact of changing gender identities and respecting people's right not to define themselves as male or female. Giving people the Zay option is a thoughtful, considerate move. I don't disagree with that. Um, well, uh, I would I would point to uh, a guy by the name of Jordan Peterson, a uh, a college professor up in Canada who's spoken a lot on this topic, um, and that yeah, it may sound uh, reasonable in the offing, but when you actually go down and kind of think about the long term ramifications, it may not be quite as reasonable. No, well, it, it, actually, if, actually, if I it's w- up to a person, if, if if somebody says, you know, you say, "What's your name?" and he says, uh, "And I, I had a neighbor like this. His name was Orville, so he said, please call me by my middle name.'" Mm-hmm. Yeah, he has well, a right I, to do. As I as I recall the, um, and bear in mind, he is a college professor, so he's interacting with hundreds, if not thousands, of students. It's one thing for, like, in your case, you have a neighbor. You're only going to have, like, one or two neighbors generally. Whereas if you have a 1,000 college students, you can't be reasonably expected to remember the pronoun preferences of every single one of them. And yet he's – what he's saying is that um, in Ontario, was it? I think it was Ontario. There were laws passed that may have actually made it criminal for him not to do so. Which is really stupid. Yeah. But on the other hand, if, if, if somebody wants to go out of their way to say, you know, I'm, I'd prefer you called me Z instead of he, you know, we don't, we got more important things to worry about than that. And as long as there's no, uh, consequences for failure to do it, and there, there shouldn't be consequences for somebody asking, please, if you wouldn't mind doing that. Right. But as Charlize points out in Second Life, I, I think we live in a society nowadays where people have zero skin. And I, I just want to give you guys a, an example of how, how hard this is to listen to. I listen to a lot of science fiction podcasts, um, Clark's World being one of them, um, Podcastle and um, Escape Pod uh, being two others. And they have wonderful, brilliant stories. But there's there's been a there's been these special months where you know it's you know where it's featured either um, LGBT or black or in one case Australian authors and there there have been some stories where they've used these gender neutral pronouns and they're normally in sci-fi stories where you know someone can present as a male one day and, and as female two days later because the technology allows them to change that, that have that fluid identity. And so they go through the entire story saying Zay, Zer, and Ziz. And it hurts your ears after a while. <laughs> it's just it's just what it does. Um, I agree. You know, I agree. Whatever, the, the, the Z ones are really forced. I personally have a bit of a soft spot for the spivic pronouns, which are e, ear, but that's because um, they're commonly, and to the best of my knowledge, only used in the context of of games of Gnomic, which is a very interesting game that I've never gotten to play because I can never find people that want to play it. (laughs) Okay. But, you know, the, the, the thing that frustrates me with this 
is um, well on, on this case in this situation it's optional, um, but you know in other cases it has been it has been written into school rules, which just can't. now does the article state that these people who are transgendered want to be referred to this, or is just a professor or some kind of administrative force? That is forcing this pronoun upon these people. The pronoun, it, the pronoun has been selected by um, support and uh, I'll call it membership groups. Um, yeah. you know, but this you is actually thought. another another point that Jordan Peterson makes is that in his experience. Transgender people generally don't want these fancy pronouns. They want the regular old pronouns. They just want the other one. Well, yeah, that's, that's the point I'm trying to get at. These people who are, say, if you were born a male and decide to become a female, you want to see yourself as female, not yeah. male, not Z, not it, and, or but. They want to be what they want to be. What we have Not here, some of the above. What we have here is an administrative force that is deciding what pronouns to use because it makes them feel better. It doesn't make the people who are using or, have, or will be forced to reciprocate by those pronouns what they're feeling. So yeah. it's nothing more than another form of oppression. Yeah, in, in certain cases it is. When they're not... When, when it's not being forced. Now, and Charlie said, if the world ever reaches a sci-fi world like that, maybe I can say Zay. Um, you know, words, words can be weapons. And um, that brings me to the next article in our list. Uh, that, Good segue. Um, Donna Brazil, who is, who is definitely a she, um, she is the interim Democratic National Committee chairwoman said Sunday that Democrats' emails were weaponized against them in the months leading up to the November 8th presidential election and suggested that President Barack Obama could have done more to stop it. We were attacked by a foreign adversary, and I think that it's the responsibility of the government to help individual citizens as well as institutions, nonprofits, corporations, to protect us, uh, she said on ABC's This Week. The hacked emails were weaponized to sow misinformation, she said. So we've heard a lot about the um, about the fact that there's there there are members of the intelligence community that feel that the Russians hacked the DNC email and gave it to WikiLeaks or you know whatever media outlets um, and 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 we've got some other we've had some other convers we've got some other articles I doubt we'll get to them about some response to that. But it's amazing to me in this day and age that people do not realize that emails are, unless they are sent through an encrypted system, and even then, not always, emails are nothing more than postcards. That you know where this you know where this comes from. They they caught her uh, sne- sneaking questions to the to the uh, debates to yeah. the Democratic contestant. Yes, and 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 she just said no, that didn't happen. No, that didn't happen. And then they they found emails where she was actually doing it, and then she said, well, they they modified my emails, 
and 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 now she's got a better word than modifying. She's saying they weaponized her emails. Mm-hmm. What she's really doing is still denying the fact that she got caught, bad caught, cheating on on the on the debates. Yeah, and that's and you know, and and this this is the woman who said, "How can you say these things to me? I'm a good Christian lady." Uh, well, that do doesn't have, have any bearing here. Do we have video evidence of Vladimir Putin putting a gun to her head or John Podesta's head, who and making them write those emails? Yeah, that that's always been my question. Is is you know. I was always taught, don't put anything on the internet that you wouldn't want your grandmother to see or hear. And uh, apparently, they've they've forgotten that. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, frankly, that's the technique they always use. When they get caught, which is really quite frequently, they're really not very good at this, but they get caught all the time, and they, they are well-practiced at Within 24 hours, everybody is talking about something else, some other outrageous thing, and and they for we the, the 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 gossiping populace forget that we originally were talking about something that we're really upset about, and we stop talking about it. We we wind up talking about what they want to talk about, like. Podesta's emails. That's not the point. The point is what was in the, the emails, where the email said, "You cheated, Democrats. You cheated." And and when, when you know when 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 uh, Donald said millions of uh, phony votes, and then they went nuts because everybody knew there was no voter fraud in the United States. And then they had to shut down the recounts in those three states because what they were finding was lots, no no number available, lots of evidence that there were piles of falsified Democratic votes. And suddenly we're talking about something entirely different. We're no longer talking about the recount. They do it all the time. Right. They, They succeed in moving the conversation to something that's another shiny object somewhere else that at the uh, media plays right along and said, yep, we're going to start talking about that now instead. Even if the Russians hacked the DNC emails, no one is denying that those people wrote those emails. That's no the point. No one is denying that John Podesta wrote the emails. No one is denying that, John, that Brazil wrote the emails. What they're looking towards is, well, yeah, we wrote the emails, but we were victims of the Russians because they hacked us. Not that. We were That's perpetrating it. lies under the optics of anonymity on the Internet. No one, it's, it's, it's laughable. It's asinine. Because the, the real blame for why the Democrats lost the election should be looked in the mirror. The DNC screwed the pooch. Mm-hmm. And now they're going to try to blame every other entity except for themselves for that reason. Vladimir Putin did not tell Hillary Clinton not to campaign in the month of August. Vladimir Putin did not tell Hillary Clinton not to campaign in Wisconsin, Michigan, or Pennsylvania. Nope. Trump went there, and Trump won those states. So now we're trying to make Trump looked like an illegitimate president because 
there was involvement by another entity. Now, if it's true, okay. If it's false, okay. It doesn't matter. At this point, we have a newly elected president of the United States. And there is no other influence other than the two campaigns who ran in this election, which chose the outcome. Right. Exactly. So, and that's that's kind of the point of the, that. I wanted to make sure that I got to this article before we ran out of time, which um, we're we're just about out of. Was you know there there the the DNC you know remember I made the comment we, we just talked about this you know with the before we've responded to the first bag of marbles they've thrown down another bag of marbles well here's the next bag of marbles it's the hacking and, and this one seems to be going for a little while longer than the recount. Um, only because both Republican and Democrat senators are going, oh, my goodness, something happened. <sighs> but everybody is still looking for a scapegoat, scapegoat and excuses. So Cher wants us to point out with emphasis, although it did pass our lips in, in brief, she wants us to emphasize the fact that the people who were exercising a reasonable amount of caution and... Um, care mm-hmm. properly uh, hardened their 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 networks and 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 the russians weren't not able to penetrate them right so yeah i mean putin was trying to get to both sides and do his whatever he was doing and the fact that the uh, the, the republicans actually had a robust system or more robust than the democrats at least uh now makes it look like Putin was only chasing the Democrats. Well, that's not true. They were no. chasing both sides, and the one side survived and, and, and held the attack off, and apparently the, the people who did the Democratic side were the same people who did Hillary's basement computer. Yep. <laughs> and and it, it, it just didn't work because they were, again, profoundly careless. Can I point out that only a few months ago, we did the same thing to Israel, and Benjamin Netanyahu's party still won. So it's a little bit hypocritical to say that... Well, we didn't even try to hide it. No, we didn't. We used taxpayer funding to go to Israel, create super PACs, to try to unseat a foreign leader. I think James Carville was involved in that, too. Yeah, I think I think I, think so. I, re- I think I remember that. So there you go. All right, um, we're we're out of time. Um, I want to say thanks to everybody who uh, who joined us. Um, if you liked what you heard, we ask you to blog about us. Tell five of your friends. Follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Uh, the Facebook page is uh, facebook.com/slash Front Porch Political Talk. Uh, if you want to send email comments, send them to conservativepodcast at gmail.com. And uh, visit the website for links to the articles that we did and didn't get a chance to talk about. Um, If you did like what you heard, you know what, we'll still invite you to join us. Because while some folks may not realize it, we do say different words in a different order. Thanks a lot for listening, everybody. Have a wonderful night. Good night, Chuck. I'm sorry about the paper cut, but you can sue Georgia Pacific Paper for that one. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.